This is Cliff Mass, and welcome to my weather podcast. Each week, I talk about current weather, provide a forecast for the weekend and beyond, and give you more details about an interesting weather phenomenon. It's Friday, August 6th, and let's talk about the weather. Now, it's clear the weather has changed radically today west of the Cascades as marine marine air has surged into the region. Most locations have gotten some rain and some as much as a quarter of an inch so far. It's interesting. The rain is from relatively shallow, warm clouds, something that I'm doing research on. And the droplets are quite small. That's because it's from these low stratus, stratocumulus, low type clouds that can't produce big droplets of rain. Now, this big transition in our weather was forced by what we call an upper level disturbance or trough that moved through yesterday afternoon. And we've also had the exit of the upper level ridge of high pressure that had dominated Western North America for almost a week. Now, I expect conditions to improve a bit later today, west of the, Casc- west of the Cascades, with the rain ending. Um, maybe a few uh, rays of sunshine getting through and temperatures increasing to lower 70s. A good thing is that the smoke that was overhead yesterday is now gone. And our air here, west of the Cascades, is clean through depth. What about east of the Cascades? Well, there there's still sun. And there's also some residual smoke that's obvious in the satellite pictures over the eastern part of the state. Temperatures in the eastern Washington will hit around 90 degrees today, a few degrees cooler than yesterday. Well, let's look to the future this weekend. The cooling and the precipitation is not over. We have the second act, and the second act actually will be stronger. A far more powerful, more intense upper-level trough will move through on Saturday. And you can expect clouds and light rain over uh, western Washington and northwestern Oregon, with highs only getting to around 70 degrees on Saturday. So it's going to be a below-normal day. It will be quite wet on the western slopes of the Cascades, so keep that in mind if you're planning some hikes in the Cascades. Saturday will generally be sunny over, over eastern Washington, uh, but clouds will be streaming in overhead. Now, Sunday, we'll see that trough start to move out of the region. Sunday will start out cloudy with residual showers in western Washington, Oregon, but the sky should open up Sunday afternoon and the temperatures will rise into the mid-70s. Monday and Tuesday will be near perfect, sunny, relatively mild, and highs in the mid-70s. But then things change. It looks like we'll have another heat wave, not as strong as the last one, but a heat wave. A substantial ridge of high pressure will build later in the week, Wednesday through Friday, over the eastern Pacifics, and that will cause sinking air and warming air. Temperatures will zoom up into the lower 90s in Seattle, maybe even mid-90s. And then in the Willamette Valley in Portland, temperatures could get to 100 and maybe even the low 100. So this is going to be a a substantial heat wave. It's not going to be the equal by any means the one we had in last, last June. 
So get ready for the next heat wave. But before then, enjoy the cool, rainy weather we'll have for the next few days. Thanks for listening. Weather doesn't end with the forecast. Now let's talk about the special weather topic of the week. There has been a lot of talk about the attribution of our recent June heat wave to global warming. Now, this is an area that I've done a great deal of research on, and I've published a lot of my work in the peer-reviewed literature. Several of my recent blogs have examined the heat wave and its climate connection, and I want to give you a brief summary of what I believe to be the truth. I also believe there has been considerable miscommunication on this issue by the major media, including the Seattle Times, some politicians, and also by some advocacy groups. But I will let you be the judge after you have considered some of the relevant facts. In late June, the Pacific Northwest experienced the greatest heat wave on record with locations such as SeaTac having high temperatures approximately 40 degrees Fahrenheit above normal. Seattle hit 108 degrees Fahrenheit, absolutely smashing the previous record of 103 Fahrenheit. Forks on the Northwest coast hit 110 degrees Fahrenheit, just blasting the previous record of 99 degrees. We know that the heat wave that we experienced here was associated with an extreme ridge of high pressure aloft, a high pressure region located in the perfect location to maximize heat here in the Northwest. And the heat wave was aided by the approach of a trough of low pressure off the Pacific Ocean that resulted in strong easterly offshore flow that warmed as it descended the western slopes of the Cascades. These kind of weather features can be produced naturally in the atmosphere, and thus we often call it natural variability. During the past century, the mean temperature of the region has warmed by roughly 1 to 2 degrees Fahrenheit. And some of this warming, and perhaps most of it, was due to global warming produced by increasing greenhouse gases, which were the result of mankind. Thus, it appears that the extreme heat wave that we observed in June was the result of natural variability that caused the big ridge, the easterly flow, and the approaching trough that the natural variability was the dominant driver of the heat wave, but that there was some small additional warming due to increasing greenhouse gases. Global warming was a very small player in this extreme temperature event. Now I know what you are thinking and what some people are claiming. Could global warming have increased the amplitude of the high pressure aloft? or have increased the easterly flow that revved up the heat wave? It's a good question. But the answer to that question appears to be no. This is what I've been working on. 
global warming, in fact, appears to weaken the large-scale weather features that we, we observed in late June, that big ridge that was over us. Global warming tends to de-amplify such features. And global warming tends to lessen, to weaken that critical easterly flow, which made such a strong contribution to the warming. And I have shown this with analyses of high-resolution climate simulations of our region. Now, some people have suggested that dry conditions in spring, driven by global warming, might have made the heat wave much, much worse. The truth is that this effect at the maximum would be quite small. Something my group has demonstrated by rerunning the weather forecast models with moist surface conditions. The change in temperature was only one or two degrees Fahrenheit. And besides, surface conditions over western Washington and western BC were not unusually dry before the heat wave. Now, none of the climate attribution reports that you've read about in the press have provided any evidence whatsoever that global warming has or can increase the amplitude of the major weather features associated with the summer's heat wave. In fact, climate models suggest just the opposite. But there is more. If climate change was the real cause of our record-breaking temperatures, then we would have seen a trend in the observations that high temperature records would be become more frequent and that high temperature records would be increasingly broken over time. The reality is completely the opposite. There is no trend for increasing high temperature records over the Northwest. Now, the implication of all this is that natural variability in the weather is still dominant over global warming. Now, don't get me wrong, this may change by the end of the century as the planet warms, but there's no way you could pin this last heat wave as being mainly the result of global warming or that global warming played of in a significant role. So what is the bottom line of all I'm telling you? To imply that global warming driven by human emissions of greenhouse gases, to imply that global warming was the main story in the heat wave, that the heat wave was mainly the result of increasing greenhouse gases, is to deceive the public about the truth. Several in the media, such as the Seattle Times, some local politicians, and a few climate activist groups have provided a narrative about the heat wave that is not consistent with observations or the best science. And such deceptive information undermines our ability to realistically deal with environmental issues, to deal with climate change. It also causes needless anxiety among the population and results in the poor use of public resources. I will be blogging about this topic in greater depth, but I wanted to give you the bottom line and what I believe to be true. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Feel free to send me your questions or any topics you would like me to cover. This podcast will be available every Friday morning on my blog and major podcast platforms. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to use the Patreon link on my blog.
See you next time.